friends, the scripture reading for this morning you will find in the Old Testament, in 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings 17, the entire chapter. The word of the Lord. And Elijah, the Tisbite, who was one of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Jared, that is before Jordan. And it shall be, that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. And he went, and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went, and dwelt by the brook Jared, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass, after a while, that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belonged to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. And he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate at the city, behold, a widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in, and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go, and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof, thereof a little cake first, and bring it to me, and after make for thee and thy son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. 
And he took him out of a bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him on his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house, and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and I know that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. Thus far the reading of God's word. Let us now I know so the widow in our scripture reading testifying now I know that the word of the Lord is truth so she had learned so she had experienced through a dark time a time of drought a time of death that the word of the Lord is truth Now I know. Do you know? Even in this maybe unprecedented times in which we live over these last couple of years, eh? the the, the COVID pandemic, but where did it leave us? The economic challenges, time of the recent inflation, the wars that are going on, The Russia-Ukraine doesn't make even the front page anymore. But it's still going on. Israel, Hamas, we don't know how this will end. The earthquake in Afghanistan. Rapid moral decline in our nation. But is the outcome, friends, is the outcome of these callings of the Lord speaking in this world to us, is the outcome for you and me a deepening, an increased trusting and resting in the Lord. Not only by experiencing his providential care and concern for us, but ultimately in resting and leaning in him through Christ's death and resurrection. And that you know what you know. And that you can say, now I know that the word of the Lord is truth. And therefore, with the help of the Lord, I want to meditate with you on 1 Kings 17. And consider three brief main thoughts. As this passage speaks of confidence, it speaks of care, and it speaks of conviction. In other words, young people, how do I know what I know? Personally, that the word of the Lord is truth, is trustworthy, is true. Also for me. As 1 King 17 shows us. Confidence in his word. In God's word. 
care through his word, but also conviction by his word. The congregation has an introduction. The northern kingdom of Israel in the time of Elijah was in decline morally through Ahab the king who did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. So 1 Kings 16 tells us. Ahab was a man who was possessed to have greatness through false accusations, through lies, took the field of Naboth, for example. There was a decline in religion through the introduction of Baal worship, to the Queen Jezebel, the priestess of Baal from Sidon. Baal, the Canaanite god responsible apparently for the rain, the thunder, the lightning, the so-called the god of prosperity. And it was also a time of economic challenges, a certain unexpected lengthy time of drought and famine, maybe three, three and a half years, as we read in the opening of 1 Kings 17. And in those uncertain times, challenges, economic times, religious, political, moral decline, we read in 1 Kings 17, the Lord God of Israel lives. Verse 1, verse 12, as the Lord God of Israel lives. And he speaks. The verses 2, 8, 14, 16, 24 in this chapter. The word of the Lord. In these times of upheaval, friends, there is a living God. A living God who speaks. Even now. As we read, the word of the Lord came first to. And so it is, eh? the Lord, capital letters. The covenant keeping and ever faithful God comes to you and me this morning and he speaks to us whatever you have brought into church this morning whatever goes on in your life maybe the upheavals of this past week and he let us know I am the living God and the word of the Lord came to him Elijah. Elijah appears here in 1 Kings 17 for the first time in Scripture, only to be announced as coming from Tisbe in Gilead. Elijah, whose name means, My God is Yahweh. My God is Jehovah. What a contrast eh? with the Baals of the time, meaning Lord with a small letter. And the Lord came to and spoke to Elijah. And Elijah did, according to the word of God, verse 5. He had confidence in the word of the Lord. Trusted the word of the Lord. Relied on his word. Obeyed God's word. This was the confidence in his life, because he knew, my God is Jehovah. And I stand before the living God. First one, as the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand. And with that knowledge, he could stand before King Ahab, even opposed Ahab, speaking the word of the Lord, speaking of judgment 
There shall be no rain in three years. And he called with that same word of the Lord. He called Israel to repentance. But also Elijah himself submitted to the word of the Lord. And we have read it in verse 2 and 5. And the word of the Lord came to him saying. Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Jared. Which is before Jordan in verse 5. And he went and he did according unto the word of the Lord and he went and he dwelt by the book chariot that is before John friends we have not seen each other for a while but is that what the word of God God's word does in your and my life having this confidence because you know your life you live before a living God because you know by grace my God is Jehovah he is my covenant keeping faithful Lord you have learned by grace not the bales of our time the gods who promise prosperity economically or otherwise but my God or have you forgotten this morning my God is Jehovah and so you go through life and you do according to the word of the Lord challenging as it might be at times but but this this confidence not in myself but this confidence in his word Or do you not know? And moreover, does that same work work repentance in our life? As Elijah called Israel to repentance, returning to the Lord time and again. But also like Elijah, because of that word of the Lord, we can pause for moments in the business of Elijah in our life because of the word of the Lord Elijah followed the Lord upon his word in this case go eastward hide yourself by the brook stay there in the wilderness the Lord appointed a time to break in the business of life only to experience the provision of the Lord and that in a very unlikely way and the instruction was drink of the brook not the glorious Jordan river but the brook Jared and to be fed by the raven unclean birds of prey and they will feed you bread and meat times in life that you can pause but trusting in the Lord and his word and experience in that way his provision and, and sometimes in unexpected ways. And particularly when sometimes unexpected things happen in your life. Because our immediate reaction usually is how can we fix this? Rather than to wait and to pause. And to wait for the Lord's solution and ways. And to beginning to learn that our planning and timing is so different than God's planning and timing in our life. 
Friends, have we learned time and again to wait for the Lord? As the psalmist says, my soul waits and in his word do I hope. That is a given hope. The word of the Lord came also this morning. It is a founded hope. His word is a sure hope. A given time so that we may learn not only to pause, but a time that prepares and shapes each of us for a deepening and an increased trusting and resting in the Lord and his word. Having this confidence in his word, maybe maybe in times past that you were that you were singing in God I will praise his word in God I have put my trust and yet we read in our text chapter verse 7 and it came to pass after well that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land Congregation, friends, there can be times when even by grace you have this God-given confidence in God's word. And you know his word. You can cite it. You can recite it. You can remember it. You can attest it. Even ascend to it. You have heard the call to repentance and have repented by grace. And there is the desire to obey his word. And like Elijah, you go to, to life and event and it did according to the word of the Lord. And you have experienced his provision. But it does not mean that the, the brook cannot dry up. Did it mean that Elijah had sinned? No. But was he out of God's will? No. Was God displeased with him? No. But to see and to be reminded this morning, experience, experiencing God's word, experience his provision and grace, it does not spare us from afflictions in our, time, in our lives. Times that the brook dries up in your life. And Charles Spurgeon once preached on this passage, and he said, is there anyone here whose brook is drying up? Has it quite dried up? To see that to see that the word of God, God's word is unchanging then and, and now. But when Sherrod dried up to be reminded and, and to re- redirect our lives to that river that never runs dry, and spring of water welling up to eternal life. The cry of the heart, O Lord, give me this water. But also to see when the chariot dries up, God prepares and serrates it. The, 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 the means may change, but God, the God of means, changes not. And that brings us to our second point that speaks about God's, God's care. God's care through his word. The Lord instructed the prophet to walk about 100 miles from east to the northwest to a city called Serefet, nowadays on the coast of Lebanon, between Sidon and Tyre, where Jezebel came from. 
the, the epicenter of Baal worship. And there, Elijah would find a widow who uh, would provide for him. Do you begin to see that God is bigger than the dried up brook, dried up situations in your life? Maybe the dip, the deep disappointments, maybe a wounded spirit in our midst, maybe times of perplexity. But God knows about a place called Serafet. What I mean is that, again, Elijah obeyed God on his word. Eh? He walked a long road and he found a widow near the gate of the city gathering sticks. She was down on her last bit of flour and oil. And so the decision has been made to gather the sticks, make a fire, bake a little loaf, bread for her and her son, and eat it and die. And again, a very unlikely situation. A widow woman, the, the least likely one to provide hospitality. An outsider of God's covenant people of Israel, but facing death. And Elijah, a prophet of the living God of Israel. This is the, how the widow recognizes him. Verse 12, as he said, as the Lord thy God liveth. What, what, what is going on here? Not only this reminds us of Christ, who, like Elijah, once departed in the coast of Tyre and Sidon in Matthew 15, but Christ himself gives the answer in Luke 4, where Jesus had returned from the wilderness and he preached in Nazareth, Luke 4. But I tell you of the truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah. When the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when a great famine was throughout all the land, but unto none of them was Elias sent, save to Sarepa, the city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. Now a number of observations here for us to see. First, God is sovereign. And there were many widows in Israel, but to none Elijah was sent except to an outsider of Israel. One in Sarepha, a city of Sidon, a place of Baal worship. A woman, a widow, poor and near death. And so the Lord is sovereign as he was then, as he is now, in his dealings in the world affairs, but also in the affairs in our life. Friends, to bow before the Lord who is sovereign and has sovereign dealings in your life. Second, God is not only a God of Israel, but to others as well. He reaches out even to Baal worshippers. God mercifully sent messengers, so we confess in the canons of thought. Then and now, to whom he will and at what time he pleases. I think, for example, the, the online preaching nowadays and the gospel proclamation is reaching many, also outside the church. Or think about ESL, our means of the Lord to reach people beyond the church world and beyond our congregation. To learn and to see more and more that God is sovereign, but also inclusive. What I mean is that it is often reset, but at least in Christ's preaching, in Luke 4 and Nazareth, 
all day in the synagogue, when they heard these things, they were filled with wrath, and they rose up and trust, trusted him out of the city, and led him into the hill, and that they may cast him down headlong. God's word has opposition as well. But third, to see that God is also a God of grace and care, as we see particularly in the verses 8 to 16 of our chapter. Because what do we see here? That the Lord cares for Eliza, but also for the widow and her son. And verse 8, as the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, Cadian, to Serephet, which belonged to Zidon, dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. And verse 14, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fall until the day that the Lord sends rains upon the earth. Why? Because of the word of the Lord. Verse 8, the word of the Lord came. Verse 16, according to the word of the Lord. Because of that sure and faithful word, there is a daily provision for them. Don't be afraid, so the prophet encourages the widow. And so we hear the same word of the Lord this morning. Whatever your circumstances are, Fear not. Even in times of trial. Or when there are testings in your life. Or when you go to a troubled time that you go through. As it was for the widow. Elijah, this stranger must have been the first portion of her last meal. And yet she had faith enough to obey his word. And we read that. The, the, the jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord. The brook dried up, and now the flour was not spent, and the oil did not become empty, did not dry up, until the day that the Lord sent rain. One, two, three years, we don't know. But in the midst of this famine, God remembers mercy. He is a God of grace. He is a God of care. God's care, friends, never runs dry. So it was for God's covenant people in the midst of the wilderness journey. Water from the rock. And the rock was Christ. Manna, daily provision and care of the Lord through the entire journey of the wilderness of life only to cease when they arrived in Canaan. Can you see that this morning? His care for you. And practically speaking, this past week, some of us, some of us have been spared in an accident. Maybe you struggle in life. And yet he upholds you. Currently you are without a full time pastor. And yet the living word from Sunday to Sunday is preached from this pulpit. Friends, pause and reflect for a moment. And see the Lord's care in your life. Undeserved. eh? The widow had not asked for it. The Lord told Elijah, Behold, I have commanded a widow to feed you. Een woord, yeah? The widow was an outsider uh, to Israel, living in the midst of Baal prosperity religion of the, the day. And it was unassumed. It was in the common way of providence 
having daily provision. Meals and, uh, meals and oil multiplied continued. Not on hoarding, but on spending and sharing. It's the Lord's care. The Lord's care. Many are, uh, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him her out of all of them. Does not the Lord say through Isaiah, remember the former things of all, for I am God and there is none else. Friends, in a time of pausing and looking back in your life, remembering his care of the past, and to see and to testify and say, for I am the Lord your God. It's the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. And therefore, with whatever you go through, even now, The Lord said, fear not, for I am with you. Oh, these are the promises of the Lord in his word for his people. Even when the Dow Jones is not going well, and people's retirement accounts are mediocre, even when we don't know what tomorrow, the next day will will look like, even in in, in the times in which we live, it is the word of the Lord not a more sure and certain in your life. That you can testify trust in him at all times. Oh people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. As he was in the time of Elijah. So he is now. But can you rest? Can you rest in his word? Live your life even now. According to the word of the Lord. And and the word no here in the original points to personally. We would say experiential appropriate. And heartfelt conviction. God's word in its entirety. In his warning and his promises. This word is true. Is truth. So you can testify. Now I know. And that brings us to our last and third point. Conviction by his word. Because so far we have seen in 1 Kings 17 that Elijah, but also the widow, had confidence in his word as they obeyed it. Experienced God's care through his word. Even when the brook chariot was dried up, the Lord provides somewhere else. But will the result... Will the outcome of these, say, unprecedented times in which we live, for you and me, give a deepening and increased trusting and resting in the Lord, so that you also can testify by grace. Now I know that the word of the Lord is truth. How can I know, maybe you ask. Now that is seen in particular the verses 17 to 24. But in the midst of these miracles and wonderful provisions and the care of the Lord, say part one is the brook, the brook Jared, and part two is Serefet. We could say these verses 17 to 24 is part three in this chapter. Where the widow's son uh, gets sick and died, and the widow was beside herself with grief. She blames the prophet, she blames God. It was all too much. 
En also it seems that it was too much for Elijah. Situations in life sometimes for us as well. James reminds us in chapter 5, Elijah was a man subject like passions as we are. Because it was scattering news, so unexpected. They had experienced the Lord's care, according to his word. And now, the son of the woman became ill so severe that there was no breath left in him. Remember those times during COVID that there were 3,000 people per day that, that died in our country? There was no breath in them. Or think right now of, of all the Israelis that, that were slaughtered. Or all the people in Gaza and Ukraine and Russia that are killed. Or the people in Afghanistan who did not survive the earthquake. People who exchanged time for eternity. Devastating reality. Now and then. And friends, when affliction comes near to us, it troubles and it frightens us. The widow in 1 Kings 17 says to Elijah, What have you against me, O man of God? Have you come to bring my sin into remembrance and cause the death of my son? Is it because of my sin? This, this dire situation convicts her. And, and, and Elijah was devastated as well, eh? verse 20. He cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon this widow with whom I sold her by killing her son? The, the first thing that we see here, that we live in a fallen world with fallen people. Eh? Death entered into the world. Death by sin. So we read by Romans 5. Death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Even after received grace. Even the prophet, moreover, don't understand what the Lord is doing. And maybe there are situations in your life. You don't understand it either. What more do we see essentially when we don't understand God's ways? And yes, complain not only to God's people. What have you against me, O man of God, says the widow, but, but to the Lord. Elijah said, O Lord, why this calamity? Complaining. And so, yeah, God's word is honest and clear. In times of devastation, in pain, in death, in pandemic. It is okay to cry and to complain. Do we not hear the psalmist cry out in Schellings' time? How long, O Lord? How long will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? Elijah cries out to the Lord and he brings it all before the Lord. This calamity and yet he clings to the Lord. And you, may you go through challenging times, maybe personally or professionally or at home or at work, complain? What is there also clinging to the Lord? What more do we see thirdly? Not only the power of prayer and the power of him who hears prayer, but there is also a deeper need eh? to realize your deepest need. M- material blessings, providences and provisions are the ways to know the Lord. But, but to know him through death, there is life. 
Through suffering, there is salvation. Through darkness, there is light. To know him, Christ, and the power of his resurrection. Because note, the passage of this scripture here is structured in a particular way. We could say A, B, C, A, B. What I mean is this. In both the beginning and the end of the passage is part A, verse 18 and verse 24. The widow addresses Elijah at the man of God. And then we read in verse 19 19, that Elijah takes the son from the widow, part B. Give me your son, your dead son. And gives him a living son back to his mother in verse 23. And we read, Elijah took the child, the little boy who could be carried, brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. And in the middle, we would say part C, we read the verses 20 to 22. The most important part, where the prophet cries to the Lord, why this calamity in killing the son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times. And he cries to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. And we read, the Lord answers to the resurrection unto life. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came to him again, and he revived. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that the word of the Lord is truth. Now I know. She not only acknowledges it, but she now she is acquainted with it. She has learned to know by experience, personally, knows deeply, transformatively in all her heart and soul, the word of the Lord is truth. And why, friends? Because of Christ, through this miracle in 1 Kings 17, Elijah shows himself as a forerunner of Christ, who not only raised the dead to life, but also was raised himself from death and is the resurrection in the life. Because see the center of the verses 20 to 22, Elijah intercedes. O Lord, my God, nothing else remains. In the midst of death, he turns to his only hope. O Lord, my God. Elijah acts as a substitute for the widow and for the child. He stretches himself three times. And moreover, Elijah believes in the resurrection. Let this child's soul come to him again. Living with the hope of the resurrection is life-changing. Of which Christ said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were death, yet he shall live, truly live, real living. And therefore, friends, is that the center of your lived experience, even in times of difficulty? Maybe losing everything from your sight. With all the experience that you had in your life. Maybe the outward blessings. Maybe God's provision and care. Oh Lord my God. That you cannot miss him anymore. But have come to the cross of Christ. Where he with outstretched arms 
invites and welcomes even now sinners substituting for all his children to bring everything to the cross also this morning maybe your anxiety about the time in which we live or your concern about an uncertain future or with all your sin and shortcomings that you have brought into church but to bring it to the cross of Christ and leave it there to realize this morning to be reminded at the cross of Christ here is a fountain filled with blood that never runs dry drawn from Emmanuel's vein and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains that fountain there may I do well as he was all my sins away. And then to see through the darkness and death there is life in him. Because we read in verse 22 and the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came into him again and he revived. Now I know there is a living God who answers prayer. A living high priest who intercedes, who prays at the right hand of the Father even now that your faith will not cease. Yes, also that that feeble faith. That refuge-taking faith. That struggling faith. But this widow knew. Before Elijah's God was a living God. And she had to experience God's care. And Spurgeon comments on this verse 24. Did she not know this before? Oh yes. Because otherwise she had not given him in the first portion of her meal. She must have known it. For she had been living for a long time upon the meal and the oil of it. He had multiplied. But now she said that she knew it as if she had never known it before. God has a way of bringing truth home to the heart with such vividness that though we have perfectly acquainted it for years, yet we are compelled to testify. Now I know. I know as I never have seen it before. Now I grasp it and embrace it with my very soul. That through the death and resurrection of her sons he can testify. Now I know that the word of the Lord is truth. Oh friends, see then your life in the light of the death and resurrection of Christ. Even now with all that is going on in your life. You have God's word from Sunday to Sunday, many times from this pulpit. And you may know and you may testify of God's provision in your life, even perplexing times. But his resurrection changes everything, gives you hope, offers trust and rest, so that you can testify, now I know. To whom else shall you then go? The Lord God lives. Elijah can say, see, thy son liveth. And this morning we hear, see, 
hissen. Christ lives. As de apostel zegt of het. Christ died for our sin. According to the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he was rose again the third day. According to the scriptures. Revived by his word. Oh friends, should that not give you a more deep conviction reliance on him. On Christ. Resting in him. Trusting in him. And him alone. What a blessed outcome. That would be that you could testify. Now I know. Now I know that the word of the Lord is true. Amen. Let us pray. Lord will give a blessing upon thy word. That we by grace may leave this building and say, Now I know that the word of the Lord is true. There is a deepening and an increased understanding to rest and to lean on Christ and Christ alone. Lord will bless us in this day that it truly is a day of rest that we may rest in thee. Bring us back tonight that we may hear once more thy word. Forgive our sins in speaking and in listening but bless thine own word and that for Christ's sake alone. Amen.